and lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Welcome to Lit with Lloyd. I am your host, Lloyd Russell. Uh, I want to thank KCAT for sponsoring our show. Uh, and today um, we've got a, an author that is a little bit different from authors that we've had in the past. His name is Sal Pizarro. He has been writing a column for the Mercury News called Around Town since 2005. Uh, and we're going to find out uh, what a columnist does. So welcome, Sal. It's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Lloyd. Thank you. Uh, oh, and we have our We're audience is, is clapping. I love to hear applause. <laughs> okay, so Around Town is somewhat self-descriptive. However, why don't you just tell us what the column is about? Well, it's supposed to be about the interesting people, places, and events that happen in Silicon Valley. Now, what that means, of course, is up to me. <laughs> so, you know, like today, I was at SAP Center watching some eighth graders from Hoover Middle School in San Jose get lessons in STEM on the hockey rink. Uh, <laughs> they were learning about geometry, angles as you bank a shot in. They were learning about science. The Zamboni uses hot water. Uh, so, you know, those are the kind of things where if I see something going on and I'm interested in it, I'm going to write about it. Of course, you know, that covers such a wide gamut. It can mean anything I want. So it tends to include the arts. For me, because I'm a history buff, I love writing about history of, of our beautiful region here uh, and a lot of community events. And then, of course, the people who are the most important part of it, which is just the residents who've lived here and who are coming here and who make this a fun place to live. Uh, let's get right to that because you brought it up. Are, are you do you get to pick your own subjects exclusively? Most of the time, I would say like almost exclusively there's very few times a year where uh my powers that be at the mercury news say hey we need you to write this uh one example is this past year uh former secretary of transportation norman Mineta passed away uh-huh and my editor said hey we need you to write norman obituary uh which I was honored to do. You know, it's a difficult assignment yeah. uh, writing anyone's obituary yeah. and trying to encapsulate such a great life into a few words. But that's one case where they came to me and said, forget what you're doing today, you're doing this. Uh, and I also do some things, you know, the on-demand kind of things are with our, uh, we have our annual wish book, which is our holiday giving stories. Uh -huh. And I do uh, usually one or two of those. And then I, I do a follow-up story on, how much people gave and so those are things that aren't necessarily uh, my choice but I'm happy to do them yeah but but other than that I get to I get free reign for what I want wow. to write. I have so many questions <laughs> well, let's get to them I have so many answers uh, do you ever have trouble coming up with ideas and how, how and do you have to ask your subjects if they are willing to be you know, the center of an article. You know, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I'll have an idea and people are reluctant uh, because they don't want to be, uh, in case, some cases it's, it's, it's modesty. Uh -huh. uh, they did something and they don't really want publicity. Uh -huh. for it. Uh, 
in other cases, uh, I'm hearing about it. It's a public event and it's fine. But let me tell you, so where, where do I get my ideas from? Well, they're all over the place. I don't even necessarily notice when I'm noticing things <laughs> that often anymore. But the primary place that I get uh, tips from is from the public themselves. Uh, uh, I get about about 200 emails every day. Mm. Now, a lot of these, you know, it's, it's one level up from spam. It's uh, <laughs> PR companies from around the country uh, trying to get me to write about something that would make no sense for me to write about given what I do. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of PR pitches that may be uh, closer to home, but, but not necessarily in my wheelhouse. And then a lot of times it's just readers who are like, hey, did you know about this person? And... And then I'll look into it and, and see what I can do. And sometimes it's uh, people let me know about events that are going on uh, in any of our Santa Clara County or sometimes San Mateo County communities. And a lot of times it's just me going to things and looking for little nuggets that are interesting. Sometimes it's not the event you're going to that's the story, but you'll get a little story out of it. Yeah, wow. Uh, how many articles do you write a week? I have right now I have three columns that run a week on Wednesday, Friday and Sunday and they usually post online on mercurynews.com the day before. Okay. Uh, that is down. When I first started, as you mentioned in 2005, I wrote three columns a week. At one point I was writing seven. Oh my gosh. I was young and, and stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> and it, but it was a, it was a rhythm and then at some point I I well, what happened is uh, my wife and I, we had our daughter uh, back in 2009, and so I dropped down to six columns. <laughs> Two years later, we had our son, and I dropped down to five. <laughs> and I was at five for a while, and then I had an editor who said, I think you, know, you need a day to think about what you're going to be writing that week. And so I dropped down to four. And four was actually very comfortable for me because when I'm not writing, I don't feel like I'm working. Uh, and the reason I'm down at three right now is because I'm also, in addition to my regular job, I'm president of the San Jose Rotary Club this year. And that's a big job with a lot of time commitment. And uh, our editor at the Mercury News, Burt Robinson, was really generous and said, hey, while you're Rotary president, why don't you drop down to three columns a week? Oh, wow. Uh, so. And, and uh, how long are you the president? Uh, just one year. So, okay. so it's over at the end of June. And uh, it's gone by fast. It's been a fun year. We've done some good things, uh, but it has been time-consuming uh, in, in a good, fun way. But I, I, I will, I will feel refreshed <laughs> and go back time. to four. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna see. Actually, you know, uh, the, the no one, no, no one at the Mercury News right now is saying you have to go back to four. But what I found is, of course, it's not as though um, the the events. Uh, slowed down or any of this any of the things I write about slowed down so sometimes I need a fourth column just for release yeah 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 because there's just too many things piled up we we have a busy world here yeah uh, do you have a certain amount of words per column yes so my and as a newspaper man and that's how I still think of myself even though newspapers are passe or whatever <laughs> uh, as a newspaper man I tend to think in column inches and uh -huh. so my column is generally 18 column inches, which translates to about 600 words. Uh, but my Sunday column uh, is longer, and that's 30 column inches, and that's about 1,000 words. Oh, wow. Uh, 
So And Sunday because more people will read mm-hmm. the Sunday paper. And I can usually do something that's a little more involved. So I can uh, cover something a little bit more in depth, maybe write about someone or an event uh, and take up a little bit more space than I normally would. Yeah. Well, I work at Three Below Theaters in downtown San Jose. So, of course, I saw your very recent article, uh, which was uh, which was great. Right. I mean, and it was a question that I'd been asking for a while. Does San Jose know it has a theater downtown? <laughs> it's a really nice place to see a movie. I know. And, uh, and every time I talk to people, they're like, well, I didn't know that place yeah. was there. And it's like, well, it is. So Even with people that live in downtown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> people, I live, I live right, you know, downtown adjacent i call it negley park yeah and i have neighbors who i have neighbors who go there and i have neighbors who are like boy we didn't know it was there and i said how, how can you not know but you <laughs> know i come from a strange perspective uh when you hear as much as, as you do in a newspaper you tend to think everybody has the same information yeah. that you do so back to you know how you come up with your mm-hmm. your your articles i guess you never you never have to like create something i mean you always have something in line there's always a well to go to the hardest parts for me are figuring out what is the best thing to because as you if your uh listeners and viewers don't know so my column generally has three or four shorter items so it's in the style of the old three dot columns of herb kane and of course my predecessor lee weimers now so I have to decide, okay, what's going to work in this column? What's going to be on top? What's the most interesting thing? And sometimes that's pretty well, I know what it's going to be. Today I knew it was I was going to be writing about this SAP Center event. But sometimes I'll see something, and of course the three below column you mentioned is an idea of that, where I say, well, I want to write about this. I have this idea that I want to write about. And so then it'll push some other things aside. And... Um, and if I've had a problem over the past, you know, 17 years I've been doing this is that I don't let those moments happen enough where I think, you know, I want to write about this uh, because sometimes, you know, if you've got a nonprofit having an event uh, and you want to be helpful to people in the community, you want to get information out of them that's going to be worthwhile for them. And sometimes you I think a lot of writers do this. You think, well, my voice isn't that important. What I, what I care about isn't as important as what you care about. So sometimes I have to put that aside and get to let the ego out a little and say, no, I want to write about this thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, and people do respond to that. People do appreciate hearing a little bit of voice in the newspaper and being told, hey, pay attention to this. Yeah. When you finish an article, when does it hit the papers? So uh, what's going to be in tomorrow's newspaper, so... Yeah, you know, as I said, three times a week. Uh-huh. I write that almost always the day before. And uh-huh. so when I started in journalism, I started working in sports writing. I wrote high school sports specifically. Um, I'm sure I covered a game at the field here at Los Gatos High more than once. <laughs> and when you're writing high school football and you're trying to make a deadline at 11 o'clock and the game's ending at 10 <laughs> and your job is to talk to a football player who you know has just gone through a big experience and does not necessarily want to talk to you and as a teenager may not be the best communicator to begin with (laughs) but you have to get a quote out of that person you have to add up your statistics and you have to write a story and you have about 45 minutes to do it so it makes you a very fast and good deadline writer and i've stayed that way 
for my entire career. So if you tell me my deadline is noon, you're going to get a story at noon. <laughs> if you tell me it's three o'clock, you're going to get one at three o'clock. And so that's what I'll do. I'll spend my time writing. Um, it takes me about a couple hours to write a column. Uh, I will hand it over to my editor. It gets posted online first, and then it goes through the publishing, the magical publishing process, and ends up in the paper the next day. So there's very few things that I spend uh, more than a day on. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. And so, so back to the, uh, the, the fact checking or the, uh, the permission stuff. Do you ever write articles about people that without telling them? Um, I don't think I, I'm sure I have. Um, I try very hard. I don't think I write about people who don't know that they're going to be written about. Um, there are people who, who I've written about their birthdays or, you know, an event in their life that they, a family member has let me know and, and uh -huh. they, they might not know that it's coming. Okay. Uh, but you know, I'm not in the, I'm not in the world of gotcha journalism. Uh, if someone, what the biggest surprise people may have is they may send me an item and two weeks later, you know, I've reported it out and I run it and I didn't tell them, Hey, this is going to run in Wednesday's paper. Cause I just can't keep track of all that. Yeah. So it, it'd yeah. be too difficult. And people have asked me that like, Oh, I wish you would have told me that was coming out tomorrow. And I said, well, you know, I'm sorry. But uh, if, if after I write something, I have to send emails to everyone, <laughs> so, you know, if it's got 10 people in it, Hey, you're going to be in the, in the paper tomorrow. Uh, my, my job would become a little too unmanageable. Is that, typically one of the 200 emails that you'll get during the course of a um, day. <laughs> it can be. It can be. Um, do, you, do you get phone calls? Are you are you available by phone? And not so much anymore because since the pandemic, um, we all started working at home. Uh -huh. So there are people and so my desk number that was on my business cards would ring to a honestly a phone that doesn't even exist anymore in the Mercury News. It rings to a number that goes to a voicemail. Uh, but you know, so people who need to reach me uh, find find their ways to reach me. But email is usually the best way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, a lot of people, a lot of people have my phone number. It turns <laughs> out, so I, t I tend to get you know, or, or people know people. So I do get some phone calls and, and a lot of texts. But usually, everything comes through email or just word of mouth. Because when you go to a big event, you'll run into people, and someone will say, "Hey, I was going to tell you," and I got my prop here i'm always carrying a notebook so of course i pull out my my trusty notebook yep, yep. and i got my pen and i write down whatever they told me and <laughs> and hopefully i remember to go back and, and take a look at it later uh your editor i assume is an employee of the mercury news yes and does that person just check for grammar and spellings and things like that well certainly that uh, my editor funny story about it uh, it's a woman named sandra gonzalez and before I started this column 17 years ago, uh, I was her editor. Uh, she was our night police reporter and I was our night city <laughs> editor. So I was her boss and now she's my boss. Um, <laughs> she definitely looks for all those things. Uh, she trusts me, which is very nice to have. It's a nice relationship to have between an editor and a reporter. Uh, but she will occasionally ask um, some very good questions about names or things that because I... As I said, I'm writing fast, so sometimes I will mistake will go through, and and she'll catch it. Um, 
what she tends not to do, which is really nice, is she doesn't say, hey, I don't think you should write this like this. Uh, she doesn't try to change what I've written, but she will ask questions if she doesn't understand something. Uh-huh. And that's always a great uh, thing to have because if your editor doesn't understand it, chances are the readers aren't going to yep, understand yep, it. So yep. I'll say, hey, if that doesn't make sense, it made sense in my head, but if it doesn't make sense to you, we should change it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, there's very few times that I'm going to, you know, die on a hill for some of my words. There are, like any writer, though, sometimes where I'm using a specific phrasing or I make a word choice yep. to avoid a conflict of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, because occasionally maybe I don't know something and I haven't been able to look it up. And I say, uh, you know, someone's grandparent. And she says, well, is this the grandfather or the grandmother? I said, well, I don't know. So I said grandparent. <laughs> so... That's great. But she'll ask those questions and then I'll answer them. Yeah. And all that happens electronically. Uh, she and I have probably seen each other five times in the past three years. Wow. And and do you do you only write from home or do you ever go into the, uh, the main office? Uh, I go into the main office uh, occasionally. Weird thing is, though, since we've been back and we've actually only been back since May of 22. I can't work very well in the main office because <laughs> when I go in and I see my coworkers, because we all go in so infrequently, we just end up chatting with each other and catching up. Yeah. So no one gets a lot of work done. And so after about an hour and a half of talking to people, I say, okay, well, I've got to go to lunch or I've got to go do something. And I go home and I write. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. But, but I used to love, I used to write in the office every day and, and, since the pandemic, I just write at home and it's uh, become my new habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We have to take a quick break. Uh, we will be right back with Sal Pizarro. Thank you to the city of Montessorino for their continued support of KCAT Public Media. The city of Montessorino has enabled KCAT to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. Okay, and we are back uh, with Sal Pizarro, uh, who is a longtime columnist for the Mercury News. Uh, how did it all happen? As you said, you took over for Lee Weimers. Yes. And, you, and you've talked a little bit about your background, you know, writing high school sports. But be a little bit more specific, if you don't mind, in terms of how this progressed and became the job you have now. So I grew up in San Jose reading Lee Weimers like so many other people did. Uh, and when I started working for the Mercury News, which was... Uh, right after college, after I uh, graduated from UC Santa Barbara, I was working in sports and for the next 10 years, I bounced as a, I stopped being a sports writer uh, pretty quickly and I became an editor. And I bounced between our sports and local departments as an editor, uh, both a copy editor and a signing editor for about 10 years. And then uh, one of my last stops was as the Night City editor of the newspaper, which 
is a highfalutin title that just means you're one of the you're the guy there at night in case something happens and you get to say oh we need to put this story in but to give you a little give you a little juice when you're doing that job they do give you some reporters to work with one of them is the night cops reporter who if anything happens at night you send them out to go cover it and uh, my other two reporters were Betty Barnacle, who had the best name in journalism that I can remember. <laughs> uh, she was a longtime police reporter who was writing obituaries at that point. So I was also editing our obituaries. And then my third reporter was Lee Weimers. So, you know, they figured, you know, I'm not going to mess up Lee Weimers' column. <laughs> and I didn't. But he announced his retirement and uh, he had a whole year. He announced it a year in advance. And during that time, I thought, you know, this seems like a really fun, interesting job, and I think I could do it and do it in a new and fresher way. So I applied. I was among many, many people who applied for that job. Wow. And I feel very fortunate that the editors at the paper decided to give me a chance because my at that point, my writing had been limited to, as I said, some high school sports stories and some nightlife articles that I'd written for our features department. Um, and they took a chance and, you know, I hope they haven't regretted it yet. Well, since you're on your 18th year, I'm going to take a wild guess that they're relatively it, satisfied I, with you. I think it's worked out for both of us, yes. <laughs> so in, a, in, in oftentimes in an employer-employee situation, you know, you have like a six-month uh, meeting, you know, like to, to, to see how you're doing and check that. Do you have that kind of meeting with them? Uh, about once a year. Um, and in fact... <laughs> I just I just had that conversation today, and uh, this is smooth sailing. We're we're, we're doing okay, right. uh, but they do they do ask us to you know come up with goals for the next year. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, besides stay employed, which uh-huh. I want to keep doing whatever I need to do to stay in this job. Um, and so you know, it's like, but it, it's a good time to reflect and think about how you've done your job because certainly when if you've been doing any job like I have for this long there is the opportunity to get stale and to think, how can I keep it fresh and how can I uh, both satisfy longtime readers, but also bring some new readers Absolutely. in. So I have to always be thinking about what are people looking to, to read about? What are they interested in? And I've got to get out there and, and find some new stuff, especially as we're coming out of this pandemic period. People are doing all sorts of new things. Yeah. Pickleball. I mean, who, huge, who knew? Yeah. huge. I mean, I have friends. Do you have friends that play? I have friends. I have friends and relatives who play. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never played. Uh, my wife's played. She played uh-huh. with her aunt and uncle in Phoenix. And I, so I've got to like, got to find out about pickleball. And there's pickleball courts opening all the time around here. So, you know, that's, don't be surprised if I write about that in the near future. <laughs> it's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, for people in my age group, uh, it's a great sport to stay active you know, it's not too too challenging physically, even though, of course, you know, you, you have to move. Right. But uh, but I think it's a great sport uh, for people to play when, you know, when maybe it's a little too rough to do tennis anymore uh, or just the time it takes to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, we've got a friend that, that goes like, right now he's a little bit hurt, but he was going like four or five times a week. And that seems to be kind of the norm. It's not like people go once every month or two. You know, they go to the club and they play all the time. But that's the fun part about my job, Lloyd, is that like any other writer, 
if I'm going to write about pickleball, I'm probably going to have to play it a little, and I'm certainly going to have to research it and find out about it because I have to write about it in a way that I can explain it to people who yeah. don't know anything about it. Yeah, that's part of that's one of the fun parts of my job is I get to be sort of an ambassador to parts of this city, places that other people haven't gone yeah, and yeah. introduce them to them. But that means I need to know about them. Do you have anybody, uh, you know, you said that people contact you all the time with, with suggestions, but do you have anybody that helps you look for stories or do you just not need that? I wouldn't say I don't need it um, because I, I think everybody could use a little hand now and then, but I don't have anybody whose job that is. No. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so this is a question that, that you can refuse to answer. Okay. Have you ever written a column where the person that you wrote about was unhappy? Have you ever had to retract something you've written? I've definitely had my share of corrections. I've written, uh, I've made some embarrassing mistakes. Uh, I've written a couple of columns where people weren't happy. I was a little snarky about some subjects. Uh, and although usually it wasn't the subject of the article, that was that was upset it was like someone who uh, was a friend of theirs who would say well I, I think that was inappropriate uh-huh um, not the subject uh, right him or herself and of course you know anytime you write about um, an elected official you 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 stand a chance of getting uh, a little a little blowback about um, because you know you want to be able to call some of these elected officials and cities and communities to task for some some dumb decisions that they might make uh -huh. and say this doesn't make any sense uh -huh. to me and then they will call you right back and say well here's here's why it made sense to us and you know and of course they talk to you about it beforehand too or maybe sometimes and this is always the fun part they won't talk to you about it beforehand you write it and then they say yeah. okay well now now i want to tell you what's going on is well i i called you yes yes you had your chance <laughs> and, you, and you said well i'm no no comment on that so so, so if somebody is unhappy or if, if a correction needs to be made how do you make it um we have a process that where where corrections run both online and in the paper okay okay um and and there's even a there's actually it's a really straightforward thing there's a reporting process where if someone sees a mistake um, and usually that's what it's for. It's for mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I've had uh, situations where people, I've written about something where people were unhappy that I wrote about it or that I quoted them and and they've asked for things to be changed and that sometimes we say no because you were aware. Because it was accurate. Yeah. And, and I've, I've told people if there is a an issue here, if there's, if there's a mistake, please let us know so we can correct it. And then I don't hear back from them, which is telling. So absolutely. And it happens to any, anyone who works for any sort of media has gone through that experience. Yeah. If you had said you'd never had anybody unhappy and you'd never made a mistake, of course, none of us would have believed right. you anyway. No. It's impossible. Uh, all right. So <laughs> what did you write about during the pandemic? <laughs> well, you know, it's, that was that was a scary time for me. I mean, not just it was a scary time for all of oh, us. Oh, sure, I understand. But you know, the Cinequest Film Festival was going on when everything shut down and they canceled the festival, the second half of the festival, and you know, everything got closed down. I had about a week and a half, two weeks of 
writing items about things that were being canceled because of course they told us this is just going to be two weeks so everyone was saying oh this is postponed this is postponed and then when it went to past about three weeks i thought i'm going to run out of material in about three weeks and i was really worried and what happened is the public took care of it people started doing things like banging their pots at 8 p.m uh one woman in a neighborhood in San Jose started dancing in her driveway with her kids and encouraged her neighbors to come out in their driveways at 3 p.m. every day to to dance. Wow. We had the car parades for people's birthdays uh-huh. and graduations. And that became, oh, what are we doing? How are we coping? And it started that started becoming what I was writing about for a while. And then before I knew it, I was writing about you know, things that were starting to come back. And uh, I was really surprised. But that's what happens is you will always eventually find stuff. Now, one of my most popular columns during the pandemic was about, of all things, the giant Chuck E. Cheese statue in San Jose <laughs> at the Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> off 101 and Tully Road. Yep. Um, Been because, there. Because Chuck E. Cheese, the, the parent company, uh, when, of course, it was started in San Jose, but it's now part of a, a much bigger company that's found it elsewhere and they were going bankrupt and so there's some concern that they were going to close the restaurants so i wrote oh if chuck e cheese closes we're going to lose this giant part of san jose history and i wrote about the history of that statue and people loved reading that and that was one of those occasions where i just had to think of something and i knew this little news nugget and i thought i can find something interesting to write about that that's local that people don't know about that's great um, I want to ask you a couple of questions that are not really about your column. That's fine. Per se. One is, are you in any other newspapers? I mean, I know that the that the Bay Area News Group has tons of newspapers besides the Mercury News. Does it, does it read in any other newspapers? Um, I think my column occasionally runs in the East Bay Times. Mm-hmm. And then parts of my column will run in our uh, community newspapers like the Los Gatos uh, paper and the Willow Glen resident, um, depending on what's uh, you know relevant to those communities. They'll pull something out of my column and run it under my byline. Do you have any say on what parts are taken out? I mean, it seems like taking sections out of context it could be tough I, I i certainly do not have any say in that i'm i'm a work for hire kind of guy i i write it i give it to them and they own it okay are there awards in your industry uh there are there there are a, a, a number of groups that give awards of course the most famous ones that we know about are their pulitzer prizes uh-huh um, but there are a lot of uh, different journalism awards uh given nationally and regionally um, and the, the answer to your second question is no, I've never won any for uh, this work that I've done, but I've also never entered myself in any of those competitions. Well, you have to um, enter yourself. Or, or your organization yeah. can enter you. Um, <clears throat> I just never have. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe one day. You know, it's, it's a bit of modesty, and it's also a bit of um, I just never take the time to, to fill out forms and, and look through things. When you write a 100 90 to 200 columns a, a year it's hard to think back and say oh what what did i do that i really liked it's like well, i'll just let that one go and move on to the next one something lee weimer's always said he's like i don't want to look back 
I just want to look forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you are writing, because uh, the authors, all, all authors have write, times where they write where they don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. When you're writing your column, do you take interruptions or is this something that you do without being interrupted until you're done? Um, I used to be able to take interruptions a lot. That's what's helpful about writing a column that's in chunks. Uh-huh. Um, but I find now, especially on Fridays when I'm writing my longer Sunday column, uh-huh. I like to sort of just key into it. Uh, and I've gotten into a bit of a, a, a rhythm. Uh, when I'm writing now, I'll actually put on some music. Uh, depending on my mood, might be some jazz, <laughs> might be some classical. It can't be anything with words in it, usually. Because uh, that'll just mess me up. Absolutely. But I will just listen, to it and I and then I will notice when I stop hearing the music, is when I'm in the writing zone, and and sometimes you know you've got to get up, and you've got to walk around and 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 come back to it. Um, it's just you know, you have to to try different methods to get yourself into the place where you need to be, so you can just get that first sentence out. Once you get the first sentence out, the rest seems to just come. But that first sentence is sometimes very difficult to find. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, have you ever thought about writing a novel? I have thought about it. And do you think you might try it? I I would like to try. I have an idea. I'm, I'm I won't you know get give it away. I've I've told some people about it. They think it's interesting. It'd be historical fiction, uh-huh. um, which is something that I'm a fan of. Me too. Uh, and. But I think if I if I have some time, I would love to give that a stab. And of course, it would be based in this area. So yeah, okay. I think that would be loads of fun. Yep. And just so you know, uh, I do edit books for people. Uh, that uh, you know, if you ever do one, I'm, well, I'd be happy to do it. Be an early reader. And you know, you also have a, a as I know, you have a writer in the family. Yes, indeed. And uh, he and I have talked about a potential book that I could do. Uh, a children's book because when my uh, kids who are both in middle school now when they were losing their teeth our, uh, the tooth fairy used to leave letters for them in addition to treats and we've kept all these letters that the tooth fairy left for them and they're very uh, interesting uh. and uh, he said that would make a really interesting book and I said maybe one day we'll put that together alright well I do want you to know before we close up uh, that I actually have two members of the family as authors. Uh, my wife Joni is also an author. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. she has a published uh, a published book. Okay. Yeah. Um, no wonder you're a book guy. Yeah, I can't get her to come on the podcast though. <laughs> Josh was no problem. <laughs> okay, so we are closing the book on today's podcast. Uh, I want to thank KCAT again for. Uh, overseeing me, making sure that uh, uh, that I'm doing the, the straight and narrow. Uh, it's not an easy job for them. Uh, and um, if you wanted to, to see other, uh, other podcasts, um, you can go on lloyd.show forward slash YouTube, and uh, you can see some of the other interviews that, uh, that we've had. So uh, that's it, and uh, we'll see you next time. You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. 
Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org slash radio.